Welcome to Bible Over Brews. Deep thoughts fermented over time and text. I'm back, Aaron, crew, juice, whatever. <laughs> as well as Gumby and Steve. But tonight, we've also got Mike. Mike Donahue. And we've got Kelvin. Kelvin Woodford. This is a special night. <laughs> so, we've got a good audience tonight. Tonight, we'll be sampling Fatheads. We are starting with... Bumbleberry. It is a honey blueberry ale. <laughs> so everybody, pour away. Mike, what have you been up to? Oh man, trying to just stay afloat, working hard, uh, doing a lot of website development. Uh, we were down a couple staff members at the office, so kind of stockpiling, catching back up there. But everything's going well. My daughter's turning 15 tomorrow. Ooh, getting dangerously close to Sweet 16. That's true. And your other daughter just got a car, right? She did, and she's going to be 18 this year. So we got a couple. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> How's right. the insurance looking? <laughs> <laughs> it's never looking good. <laughs> Kelvin, how have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just working and uh, trying to keep the fort down and... Another grandbaby on the way. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, it's well, great news. My youngest daughter and her her family, this will be their second. And then my oldest daughter and her family, they have two. That's I'm a good number to stop. Yeah, I'm, I'm loading up. <laughs> right. Just stop it. I, I think they will be. <laughs> yeah, I think they will be stopping. It's coming from a guy with five. <laughs> five grands? Or, five kids. Oh, these would be four grands. Okay. This is pretty good. The only downside to that is all my kids live out of town, so yeah, uh, gotta go see them. Yeah, it's got a nice honey looking uh, look to it. Yeah, right. Definitely the, taste the blueberry in it. Oh man, right off the bat, it, it's got, it has a very fruity aroma. Yeah, smooth too. Doesn't yeah. hit you. I think that's that honey. I I love anything any beer with honey in it. It's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of got a red hue. I was surprised to see that. What does the hops? Well, they use local, local products, so locally grown, so pretty kind of local honey. Well, you know what they say, that honey locally grown does help to retard allergies and stuff like that, yes. and allergens, and what better way to take it in than through a beer? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh. I got a race coming up Saturday, so I'm carb loading now. This is perfect. All right. <laughs> and what's the race? A 5K for fundraising for the Constellation Schools. Okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh man, that is good. Yeah, Fedheads, they don't they don't mess around, man. Well, we we're no uh no we're no strangers to it. Nope. Yeah. I mean the three of us have uh spent one or two nights there. And the food spent even, the even, night there? Well, <laughs> almost <laughs> dinner. dinner. We would eat more. They do, do clothes. <laughs> Which one were you at? The one in Lorraine or the one in Sheldon Road? Uh, North Lorraine. Yeah. 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 I mean, everything was good there. I mean, even the food's phenomenal. I couldn't finish my plate. No, their Actually, portions they're building are a huge so one in sinful. Oh, yeah. They're huge. On, uh, on, <laughs> en on Engle Road. There's a big, huge one they're building now. Oh, really? Hmm. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I can lie, this fathead guy looks like my dad. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like him. Man, this is incredibly smooth. It's very smooth. And I like the aroma. The more you it's... drink it, the more the fruity flavor comes out. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it does. It does. Mm. That's awesome. 5.3%. They could kick it up one or two. I think they can. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be opposed. So tonight, tonight we'll be going over how do you define the faith, the Christian faith? And the answer to that is the great councils. Without the councils, we wouldn't have a Christianity that we know of as we do today. So uh, jumping all the way back, the first council, believe it or not, was actually in the book of Acts, Acts 15. And there was uh, a big dispute back and forth between um, between the Judeans and the Gentiles coming in. And, and the Gentiles, um, as they came in, were, were trying to be led into the position where they were being told that they had to adopt all of the Mosaic law, they had to get circumcised, etc., etc., etc. And uh, what they don't tell you is that during this time, uh, this time in the uh, the ancient Mesopotamian area, um, Judaism was actually a very evangelical, you know, faith. They, just like kind of now, the way that the Christian evangelicals are, that's actually a lot how they were back then. There was there was uh, street preachers out there talking, trying to get people involved, get them into the the synagogues. Um, the trouble with that, though, is that there was, it's kind of like a two-step thing. So there were those who were born Jewish, and then there's the rest. So that's so as you come, came in, you might be, a, you know, a, a proselyte, right? You might be able to come in and join everybody, but you weren't really Jewish. So, yeah. So there, there was, but you, they still want you to be, to follow all of the Mosaic laws. Aaron, what's that also that if you were a non-Jewish person, um, you also were restricted as into the temple where you could go, in a sense that you were there were certain areas of the temple where only if you were Jewish you could be there. Well, I mean, there's certain parts of the temple that is completely off limits, except for to the high priest, right. even even then once a year. Yeah. Um, and and. The areas you could be in can kind of vary a little bit depending upon where you were. You know, right. not not every synagogue is the same. Um, they actually had denominations back then. I mean, you had, uh, of course, the Pharisees, and of course, you had the Sadducees, but you also had Hebraists, you had Essenes, you had. So there was actually several large groups, and they didn't agree. Kind of like the way the evangelicals don't now. You know, you know. Wait a minute, that happens. <laughs> That really happens? I've been told. <laughs> so, well, the sad you, you see, they were sad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm taking your beer away. <laughs> so for the most part, do you feel only time changes? <laughs> right. Well, it kind of goes with the whole Semitic prophecy thing. Because, you know, here in the West, everybody's, you know... Here's this prophecy. Now we're waiting for this to take place. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not Semitic prophecy. In in the books, it was actually written in across the Old Testament into the New Testament. Prophecies actually repeat; they happen again. They're redundant. 
Um, and that's actually, you know, patterns. Uh, the Semitic culture believe in, believes in patterns inside of prophecy. And that's why you see certain prophecies resurface in the New Testament. Um, for example, he shall be born of a virgin. That passage that takes place isn't talking about Messiah. In fact, the Jews never looked at that as a Messianic prophecy. That actually takes place and is fulfilled in the Old Testament. If you actually go back and look at it in context, it takes place and is fulfilled within one lifetime. So that was assigned to one specific king. But that's reused again in the New Testament. So inside the Semitic mind frame, it repeats. Ah. It's a pattern. You know, it's even going into the church. Look at the church. There's persecution that's talked about, but then it happens again later, then it happens again later. So and it's happening today. Yeah. So patterns repeat. And in the, in the Semitic idea of prophecy, that's what prophecy is. It isn't simply, well, they said this is going to happen, and look over here, it's going to happen. Just wait. Inside the Semitic mind frame, it's a pattern. So our idea in the West of prophecy is not the way the Bible was actually written. So it sheds a whole new light on all that. Yeah, it really <laughs> does. Yeah. yeah. But what's a, um, just to backtrack a little bit, you said the prophecy of he will be born a virgin. Where is that like confirmed? Why? I think I remember talking about it in the past, but I can't remember where in the Bible or how to support that. Oh, that's okay. We'll, we're doing a future episode on right. that. So we will be covering that, but that's that dovetails into a lot. And right. so we'll be spending a whole, a whole episode on that. Got it. As far as the councils go, uh, the first council was called because of the Judaizers. And the Judaizers specifically came forward to tell everybody, hey, you have to obey the Mosaic Law, because Moses said so. And uh, so that's why the apostles had to show up. And that's why Peter had to take his stance. And that's why ultimately they go through and they submit a letter saying, listen, just, you know, don't mess around sexually, you know, don't drink blood, don't eat meat strangled, and uh, stay away from that food that's offered to idols. Now, what they don't tell you in the background, because this is a letter written contemporaneously with the people at the time, so he doesn't have to explain why he says that. So, first off, if you go back to the Old Testament, these are actually covered by people who are not Jewish, who want to come into the uh, Mosaic Laws. So that actually is inside the Old Testament. Hmm. And so what Peter is saying is, obey these laws. Don't worry about the rest of them. Yeah. Okay. But the reason why he's saying that is because of where they are. Because where they are, they would have sacrifices in the pagan temples. Okay. And in the pagan temples, you also had pagan prostitutes. So, and, and you would literally have relations with the prostitutes to honor, you know, gods of fertility and stuff like that. And then on top of that, um, they would sacrifice on the altars and they would cut open the arteries on animals and you would put your head down, you would drink the living blood out of the animal as it was dying because that's, that's the living blood. 
things. That was That's all part of the pagan practices that he's referencing here without explaining it. That's why he's saying, stay away from this stuff. Which I don't remember on the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember that. But uh, that, you know, a lot of that stuff came from, uh, you know, the Talmud. Yeah, that's true. There is, And so there is what they call the Law of Moses and then they also the the oral law that they used to follow, which was, i.e., the secret law, which is, you know, they're the pharisaical interpretations of all these different laws, you know. Yeah. Essentially, their opinions and how they want you to run their life down to the minutia <laughs> details of everything. Yeah. But even in the Old Testament, many of the, the laws that were were because of the pagan customs of the non Dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hit. But, I'm gonna hit but, it on this one a little bit because the 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 Torah. Have you ever sat down and actually read the Law of Hammurabi? No, no, no. Okay, the laws of Hammurabi uh, are are also ancient Semitic laws, uh, contemporaneous with with the Torah. And if you look at them, a lot of them are, are like. Spot on. A lot of the Torah is actually based around the laws of Hammurabi. Now, some people would look at that and they would say, well, see, it, the whole Torah is a farce. No, not necessarily. Even if you get into the New Testament, what does Paul say? Obey the laws of the land, right? Because if you obey the laws of the land, you will show that you are my followers. So Paul explains that thoroughly across Galatians and Romans, and he thoroughly explains that. Well, he's not changing anything. That's what they did in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, a lot of the Torah is based around Hammurabi. There are differences, though, and the differences are are where you honor the Lord. And there are more, far more parts to honoring your Creator inside the Torah than there are inside the laws of Hammurabi. So the laws of Hammurabi are predominantly centered around your civil life. So, but there's a lot of the laws that are almost identical. But in one sense, though, the even if you go to the law, the Mosaic law, and even you go into Christianity as well, but it's based on two the two greatest, you know, things that Jesus talked about: to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Mm-hmm. And the other is to love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. So that everything's hinges around that. So that because God, because Yahweh, who we worship and who we should, who wants our undivided 100% attention and not to the others, to these other customs or, or things in, in honoring to other gods that do exist. However, but he is the Lord of Lords, the God of all gods. And so that as we, and so what happens is that these other things are distractions that take you away from that honoring God who he is. I would agree. And that's one of the things I think is just really what everything really hinges around. And then when we start putting extra stuff in there, which causes controversy, causes councils, where we start saying, well, it's all based on this. But really it hinges, it all hinges around those two basic things. Love the Lord God with all your mind, heart, and soul. And to love your neighbor as yourself. I agree. Because if you look at the Ten Commandments, and really all of the old Torah law, if you if you look at it, it all distills down to those two. And like Jesus said, if you follow these two, you got it. You're good. 
In fact, if you go back to Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, what does it all distill down to? Love God, love your neighbor. That's really, that's everything right there. And that's where people get really, really hung up on things. Like your Judaizers. And in your modern day, that's that's your Hebrew Roots movement. Your, mm-hmm. your Hebrew Roots movement is saying the same thing. Oh, you have to follow Mosaic Law, Mosaic Law, Mosaic Law. Well, you just totally missed the whole purpose of Jesus coming. Because Jesus tried to raise the bar. You know, yeah. he said, you know, if, if I'm going to make this a law about getting into your heart, tell you what, instead of not sleeping with your neighbor's wife, don't lust over your neighbor's, you know, daughter. Don't lust over the girl at the grocery store. You know, let's take it a little deeper, you know. In fact, instead of you not killing your neighbor, you know, love them. Love your enemy. In fact, give your enemy your coat. You know, take care of your enemy. You know, so it really comes down to those two laws and everything you do. And Jesus really tried to raise the bar. And in the New Testament, then going into the church after that, it was called theosis. You know, raising the bar and taking it to that next level, being like Christ. I think he tried to, and that's what made him uh, unpopular and ultimately, uh, you know, crucified, really, because it was going against the oral traditions of the, the top Pharisees at the time. Or just they didn't just follow the Ten Commandments. They had all these extra non-biblical traditions that they created and wanted followed, and uh, and he called them out on it, you know, because they would claim that their their birthright was all the way back to the line of Abraham, and they used that against people, you know. So, like you said earlier, I mean, you can convert to Judaism. But you're not going to really be a stockholder. You're not going to get any shares of the company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just right. going to be an employee. But you're not going to ever be a full owner. That's concisely put. Yeah, and <laughs> and that's what he was trying to say. No, 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 no. You, you're making it about that, but it's not really about that. And we need to move beyond that. And um, I still think that's a fight we fight today. Wait, wait. So say you're that, saying uh, that my skirt doesn't have to be at a certain level, or? I don't have to have a certain kind of haircut or I don't, none of this stuff? Yeah. So he's saying no, no, no. don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with the girls who do. Well, and those specifically, <laughs> those Pharisees were claiming that it was literally because of who they were as a race that was above everyone else. So wait, legalism won't save me? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the point of sacrifice. When you, when you lay out the, the rules and regs, there's always some who consider themselves the elitists. They want to exclude, you know. Well, that's because uh, you're not part of the club. <laughs> there right? you go. Yeah. yeah. Didn't pay my dues. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you do. <laughs> no, that, that actually takes us into another one that has happened during the New Testament times. This is actually before the disciples uh, of the apostles even took over, while the apostles were still in effect. Um, that was docetism. And uh, docetism was, was, it was an early church heresy. And uh, <laughs> that's one that, it, it got a little bit weird. Um, it's, and it's actually a little hard to explain, but it goes into Gnosticism. And... They actually have an elevated view of Christ. You know, they're, they're like, you know, well, you know, Jesus can't be like my two-year-old because, you know, they pick their boogers and stuff. So there's no way that God was really ever one of them. 
You know. But so how do we know he did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that's just it though. They're saying that 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 really couldn't be God. He's so divine that he would never do these things as a uh, a human would do. Yeah, right. The, the angels yeah. came down and wiped yeah. his nose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he stood still. Well, never, yeah. never had a dirty diaper in his life. Right. Right. Well, God can't poop. Right. <laughs> it doesn't stink, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank God for editing. <laughs> no, actually, this is good stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's just right down to the nitty-gritty about, you know, that do we elevate... I mean, he was a man. Yeah, you're right, Stan. In that's... every sense that, that we are a man. But he, yes, he, he did have a divine portion of him as well. That he, was, he was God and man. But he, in order to be like us, he had to experience what we experienced. So he was, he was the only 200% man. Yeah. Because he was 100% man, 100% God. Absolutely. I think that scares us as natural men because we realize what our own struggles are. You know, that we constantly face and like, man, I thought I had that beat. And here I am. Do it again. You know? And <laughs> yeah. So to think that, that Christ could even be somewhat on that level. But it, I think it he feels he, like heresy. I believe he probably also experienced some of the same temptations that we, we did. Oh, absolutely. That we do. Yeah. I mean, however, he overcame them and just didn't give in to them in, in sin. Unfortunately, we're... That's the difference between him and us. Well, think about it. How else could he redeem mankind mm. but to become man? Good point. Yeah. So that's that's actually the trouble with docetism. Because if we say, well, God just appeared like man, but he wasn't man. They can always say we can't reach him. Then not only that, but guess what? Guess who's now not redeemed? Right. right exactly. Because he was never man. And so that means that to this day, yeah. we are still not redeemed. Right. So, so the problem with with, docet, with docetism is that once you start getting into it, into the Gnostic view, you know, once again, we talked about last time, right? Matter bad, spirit good, right? It's really what it boils down to, you know. If I can touch it, it's bad. If I can't touch it, it's good. And that's really the essence of Gnosticism, you know. And, and once, once you start getting down to that, you've elevated God to a position where he's no longer, he's no longer... I, for lack of a better word, helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was okay. going to say, if docetism denies the resurrection, Christianity has nothing to stand on then. Well, yeah, because he just appeared as a man on the cross. He didn't actually die on the cross. Yeah. So He just yeah. fell asleep. <laughs> well, yeah, it was past his bedtime. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that was the trouble. In fact, if you go in, the even in the New Testament, it, they address it. John addresses it inside of his letters. That's why whenever you see anything inside the New Testament that says God appeared as flesh, if you actually read through there, there's specific references to Jesus being flesh. They did that on purpose. That wasn't accidental. They did it on purpose. They're saying, yeah, guess what? He wasn't what these guys are telling you. He wasn't, you know, appearing as a man. He was man. That's what he did. He was just like you and just like me, but... Guess what? He didn't fall for our fallacies, and he was able to redeem us. But without that flesh, he's no longer the redeemer. So that's 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 where you get the the docetism, and that's where you get all those references to being in the flesh inside of the New Testament. So it's 
it's fairly fascinating. Once you start getting these highlights and you start going back and, and looking through the New Testament again, it's like, oh, man, that's why they said that. I get it. <laughs> so, and once again, like, like the previous statement on, uh, on you know, sacrifices in pagan temples, that's why they laid out those laws specifically. So once you get the background to these things, everything starts making more sense. Oh, all right, I get it. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting. That brings us up to the next council, the Council of Nicaea. So, if, if, if anybody hear anything about that council? Yes, this is where we heard one or two from. things about. It. <laughs> this is where the creed came from. It is. It is. Um, where Jesus became God, right? Ah, oh, he beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the the common misconception is that that. Jesus was pronounced God at the Council of Nicaea. Before that, he was just a good worker of faith, or if you're a Jehovah's Witness, he was Michael the Archangel and fleshed. Um, but up until that point, he was just simply an enlightened individual, and then he became God at the Council of Nicaea. Mm. And that's when they created the Bible. Both <laughs> huge misconceptions. So, um, Council of, N- of Nicaea was actually called um, because of Arius. Um, that's where you get Arianism. Uh, he he was questioning the uh, the doctrine. Well, he he pretty much he was an ancient form of Jehovah's Witness. Okay. So, more or less, Jesus wasn't God. Jesus was God's enlightened one, but he wasn't God. Okay, I got you. I got you. So he was a representative of God. Right. He contained um, uh, good essence from God. Right. Uh, but he wasn't God. You know, he was okay. the first created among all creation, but he was created. He wasn't God. So. And, and and luckily for us in the new, in the New Testament we do have references to things that say just the opposite. So, um, but that's the reason it was called was because of Arius. Um, Arius had a lot of pull. He had a lot of pull. In fact, uh, Constantine he was really trying to be a good leader, right? Here's this guy uh, trying to pull these guys together. There's all these fights going on. He's like, whoa, 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 stop. Come on, everybody, let's just get along. So he calls this council, and everybody comes together, and he, he tries to form a good powwow for them, and, and he's like, listen, let's do some compromise here, right? You compromise a little, you compromise a little, so we can all get along. You know, he's a world leader, that's, that's what he does, right? He's a soldier, he's a, he's a leader, he's a politician, that's what he does. He creates a little compromise on each side to try to get everybody to get along. The trouble is, is that's not how councils work. <laughs> if one gives, they've just given up everything they believe in. And the other one wins. Same goes for okay. the other side. So it came down to those two warring about, well, I should say those two sides warring about what was going to go on. And really, it was an it was a very well put together discussion. So there was nobody 
like if, if you listen to to like all these different people, they'll say, well, they argued and argued and and, and Jesus became God by narrow vote and this happened and that happened and and really none of that happened. It was Arius. And just a couple bishops. In fact, in the end, when when people signed off in the Nicene Creed, there's three people that didn't sign it. Arius and two bishops that liked him. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Out of well over 300 people, those are the only three that didn't sign it. Probably liberals. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's not like it was a narrow vote. Right, right. You know? And the canon pretty much had been it had been evolving on its own um, at that time. And now Constantine, he did commission uh, a printing of the canon, but they didn't authorize it. It was the canon that was already known. So he, they didn't decide which books were going to go into it or anything else. That is all misconstrued fodder by people who have got no idea about what history actually says. So he did commission... Uh, well, I say printings. Obviously, they didn't have a printing press back then, so it was a, a longer process. But <laughs> after um, he was exiled, didn't he still put up a fight? Him and some of his followers to oh, you know your history to create conflict. He did good job. Yes, yes, he he did. Um, after he was dismissed, uh, he did come back. Uh, well, he tried, and yeah, right. uh, he was he was actually from Alexandria. He was uh, from uh, Africa. That's where he was from. Okay. Uh, actually, a lot of Orthodox Christians were. In fact, Orthodoxy, Christian Orthodoxy, a lot of it's actually founded within Africa. It's kind of funny. Right. Uh, if you look at the roots of Christianity, a lot of it's African. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, one of the first uh, catechetical schools was opened by Mark in Alexandria. Ethiopia? In Alexandria. Or, and, okay. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, he he did try to try to cause another uproar, and uh, and actually, uh, he ended up Constantine ended up on his deathbed being baptized under the Arians. So <laughs> yeah, so a, a, as he went on in his life, he actually favored the Arians, even though the church didn't agree. Okay, that's so, interesting. Wow. Yeah. So pretty much whoever had the ear of Constantine had his attention. Sure. So and and this is actually his mother is actually the one where a lot of this happened underneath. Um, Constantine's father was a big military leader. Okay. And uh, and he did very well for himself. Um, he was at a hotel one night, saw hot hot girl. You know, uh, it was Helena. That was uh, the the mother of Constantine, and they end up getting married, and that's where you get Constantine from. Jeez, I really don't know my history. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he came out of that. Here's the trouble about that, though, is that later, as he got better and better in the military, he decided that he found a way to rise up. Constant. This is Constantine's father. Okay. So. In order to rise up, he had to marry into royalty. So he actually had to divorce his wife. And she agreed to it because now her son could rise up with him. But later, when Constantine is now, you know, emperor, who's living in his palace with him? His mother. 
And his mother is now a Christian. And that had the effect on Constantine. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah. So according to the story, uh, because of hearing from his mother and stuff, all that good, um, because of that, going into one of the battles, he actually had uh, Christ's initials put on everybody's shield. And if he won the war, then he would favor the Christians. And he won it. And so that so it just escalated from one point after another. So once again, it's very 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 fascinating history. Once you start looking into who Constantine was and uh, how Christianity slowly migrated from being this little first a little nothing, then to a persecuted something, and then you know, yeah. and then eventually being accepted, you know, and then and then later becoming uh, state mandated religion, or you know, well, I'm not gonna say it was a good thing, but. Right, because well, he didn't he wrong. didn't legalize Christianity. It, it wasn't like a state. Not till not, not till later. Right. Yeah, not till later. It, under him, it just became tolerated. Yeah. Right. So, but it's uh, it's really interesting. That's also where they came up with the term homoousius, and homoousius is of the same kind. Because before it's the, the origin of that word, uh, it, it's Greek. Okay. <laughs> uh, of same kind because um, what they're trying to do is create a creed that totally said Ar- Arius is wrong okay. and so to do that they had to use words that showed that Jesus was of the same kind as the father and not created by the father and so they incorporated specific language. So if you look at, at that in Greek, they incorporate specific language to say, hey, Jesus and God, yeah, same deal, same kind, same elevation. So they, they specifically put the terminology in the creed for that. Hmm. So when you're reading through the creed in Greek, you'll see homoousius, of same kind. Of same kind, okay. Yeah. So, pretty interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, if you were Arius, there had to be a part of you that felt like, this kind of makes me feel honored that they have to do all this just to counter what I think. I agree. <laughs> you know what I, I agree. mean? I agree, yeah, yeah. I, I feel it's a power trip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm in the position to do this, and uh, yeah, well, they might not go along with me, but I can still... Be a mover and a shaker. Right, right. Whatever your reasons are. You know? Yeah. Kept throwing wrenches into their plans. Right, yeah. right. Smart guy. Smart mm-hmm. guy. In fact, when he came back later, um, he found a way to reinterpret the Nicene Creed to still <laughs> show in his favor. So very, very smart right, guy. So now you must be With a lot of followers, too. Didn't he have a lot of followers <laughs> oh, when yeah. he came back? Yeah, the, when he went last... back to Alexandria, he yeah. had a, lot, a whole new group of followers. Yeah. Yeah, so he had a lot of pull. Very smart guy. Yeah. Very, very smart yeah. guy. So yeah, he was he was no dummy. Yeah, I don't think I didn't think that at all. But hey, your your best, you know, your your best, you know, evil people are. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they always are. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> what's uh what's the old phrase? Um, the arch villain does not believe he is evil. Right? Yeah. 
No, Good point. <laughs> no, nobody is the villain of their own mind. Right. You are the hero. Right. So it doesn't matter what side you're on in your own mind, you're the hero. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> Good point. So, but that's there. That, that briefly gives us uh, Arianism. And, well, and Ar- Arianism touches on, you know, your, your Unitarian theologies. Your, it, it opens up a lot. Right. You know, right. like I said, there's there's elements of that. You know, well, the modern Aryans would be Jehovah, Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. Okay. Um, but if you look at that and Docetism, and you can find that inside modern, you know, modern religions. You know, if you well, start. I'll tell you a personal story happened to me when I was uh, growing up. I was Pentecostal and um, it was Sunday morning. We were definitely going to church. You know, um, and we'd be there all day. But I spent the night over a buddy of mine's house from time to time. If he stayed over my house on a Saturday night, he'd go to church with us. So they were a different religion. They were Baptists. Because my parents were a little apprehensive about me going to church with them, you know. And it was um, critiquing what they were doing. But and, and at that time, I really couldn't understand, you know, aren't we all under the same thing here? Church is a church is a church, you know. But here you are, judgment is being passed. And I'm quite sure in their mind they didn't see it as that. But for the most part, isn't that what it is? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, that's why we have 40,000 pounds. Yeah, I was just going to say, here we are today, it's multiplied. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, All you, you know, got to do is go down the block. And you see six of them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely Six right. Six-star French churches. Religion believes in math. You can quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a really cool story that came out of this. So, anybody know who St. Nicholas is? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Believe it or not, he was not you know, an obese guy wearing red. So <laughs> the real Saint Nicholas, who he actually was there during the council. But dude was hardcore. Mind you, a lot of the people there had just come out of persecution. A lot of those guys. So so they weren't these docile, feeble, you know. Oh, right. They That's were hardcore people who had just gone torture, persecution, you know, seen their family members murdered. So they had come out of all this. These are the people that are at the council. Yeah, they were yeah. angry. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, they're resilient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Saint Nicholas was there, and and he's actually much cooler in his stories than the uh, later fabrication of him. Um, and so as Arius was down there speaking, giving his opinion, he actually Saint Nicholas gets up, walks down. Stands right in front of him and just pimp slaps him across the face. <laughs> right in front of everybody. Just walks down and just backhands him. <laughs> That's wow. showing the love of Jesus right there. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, he he, he, was, he did do it in the name of Jesus. Oh, well, he did? He did? <laughs> he did? <laughs> it's the backhand of God? <laughs> trying to anoint him that's all yeah trying to heal him <laughs> <laughs> well Benny Hinn couldn't be there so <laughs> so there, there there are some cool stories that came out of that 
But but if wow. you look at your at modern day, we still have these people. Right. We still have like people like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. Mind you, I'm not saying they're bad people. I understand. All the Jehovah's Witnesses I know are actually very good people, good they're hearts. They they're very sincere. They try hard. I am not saying they're bad people. They're just sincerely wrong. <laughs> they mean well. They do. They're very well intentioned. Yes. I have no issues with them on a personal level. But if you do not define yourself by the councils, you cannot call yourself Christian. Because the councils define what Christian is. And that's that's where my problem lies, is that people want to walk off and create their own personal interpretation. Right. Once you do it, create your own personal interpretation, now you've now created a whole new denomination or a whole new sect or a whole new... If you do not define yourself by the councils, mm-hmm. and, and pretty much everybody can agree on the first four councils, regardless of what part of the world you're in, the first four councils can be agreed on by... Whether you're Protestant, whether you're Catholic, whether you're Orthodox, Oriental Orthodox, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The first four councils cover everybody. So at, from that point forward, they get a little different. But but right there, you're good. So any thoughts on that? So believing in Christ, let's say, let's say you found a Bible on an island you were stranded on. Okay. And you read the Bible, and you came to Christ. Is it you are still not Christian because you formed your own relationship with God, or are you Christian because the councils influenced the the ultimate book? See, that's that's a great that's a great premise. Yes. Now, now obviously, if you are a believer in Christ, then yes, you're Christian. Okay, I think we can all agree on that. But. As anything in life, as a martial artist, okay, I know that once I start on the path of martial arts, I can call myself a martial artist. Does that mean that I'm proficient in martial arts? Does that mean I'm even good at martial arts? I, I think by anybody, you know, anybody who's done martial arts would say, well, no. I mean, when you start, you, you, you suck. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. If so, that's a direct question, you've wiped me up a few times. <laughs> Go, now, Kelvin, you're much better than you, th- than you, than you realize. <laughs> yeah, but also as a martial artist, there are certain mas- things that you need to master to develop yourself as a martial artist. Yes. So, that, so they're like sure. belt levels, yeah. uh, certain things that you need to accomplish in order to become an expert in that field. Yeah, exactly. So you start your path by professing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That's it. You've now you've now entered Christianity. Does that mean that I'm a full-fledged Christian on my walk now? No. I mean, you've got so much to learn, it's ridiculous. Why is Jesus Christ Jesus Christ? Why is he called Jesus Christ? Where does that come from? Why is it important? Where's this prophesied in the Old Testament? Why is that important? Why is any of that important? Why do I have to follow any of this except knowing that Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ? Well, once again, if I relate to a martial artist, because there's a lot to learn on the way, because otherwise you won't know what you're doing. 
That's an excellent point. Comparing it to martial arts, that that was an excellent analogy, because you're always a work in progress. So same thing. With uh, once you 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 accept it, then yes, you are a consistent work in progress. So consistently, you're going through the journey, trudging. You know, be it martial arts, be it Christianity, be it whatever you're doing. So you must continue the, your mission. And it never stops. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so if I may play devil's advocate here. Please. Bad pun. Um, <laughs> so going on the whole martial artist theme, you know, uh, I guess the you, you know, the outside person who isn't a believer or doesn't want to believe would say, well, how far do you take you as an American here, your martial artist skills? You know, unless you're living in a temple on a mountain, or, you know, how far does that go? How far do you say you're, a, you're only a true martial artist, like these, you know, these Buddhist monks or whatever, would, would only accept you until you look like them? Or will you be accepted among your peers here who have a different kind of view of martial artists here? You know, versus like, you know, look at the church fathers who, who, are, in, um, who are in the Middle East today. Right. I think they, they view most Christians over here as like, <laughs> you get, I don't think you're really Christians. You're not living the life that we live every day. Right. And I'm sure we have some of those same feelings. Like, you know, I think we tend to have the feeling of like Christianity was born here, here in America. You I, know, I, I would agree. I agree with that statement. We kind of have our own feel for, but you know, how far do we do that? Is there, is there a balance there? How do we, well, Related. How do we find that balance and say that? Because we obviously can't be that. We can't be Chuck Norris. Let's just get that on the table. <laughs> There's only one Chuck Norris. There's only one Chuck. <laughs> well, that's actually a fantastic question. And, and I, I think I have a partial answer just because I want everybody else to talk. But <laughs> um, I, I do know legendary martial, like really good martial artists. doesn't make, mean that I'm on their level. But I know very, very good martial artists. And they don't look down upon anybody who's trying. Mm. And, and as long mm. as you are trying, they'll tell you, if, if you get to train 10 minutes today and that's all you could do, guess what? That's all you could do. Good job for trying. Good job for practicing. The, the key isn't trying to be as good as somebody else. The key is trying to be as good as you can be. So... It has nothing to do with trying to compare myself to somebody who's able to live an entire lifestyle. It's doing everything I can within my life to emulate that. It's a good response. Excellent man. point. Excellent point. Be I was going to say that uh, I think it boils down to your spirit, but you, the way you put it, you know, the best you can be with what you have and where you are and how consistent you are. You know, right. So... That's your path. Then this is what I go. This is where I follow. Yeah. And if you can do that the best you can with what you have and I express it the best way that you know how, that's all anybody can ask. Yeah, I agree. But, he, but even the scriptures say that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. You know, and how, and, and how we do that is, is different with everybody. So here in America, we're in a 
much different situation in say the Middle East. And 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 here we we Christianity is very open and and accepted. Well, it's becoming not to some degree, but not to the degree that it is in other areas of the world. Right. So that doesn't make us a better Christian than them or them a better Christian than us. But it's it's kind of really neat. I, I have a real close friend of mine who lives in Pakistan, hmm. who's an, a native Pakistani, and, and his faith is just absolutely just tremendous, you know, and, and he's in the persecuted church. Where he lives, there's two Christians, him and his wife. That's it. Wow. He's got Al Qaeda there and and every and every thing. And if, if he just says Jesus, his head's off. Yeah. Wow. That's, and but that's he, awesome. uh, he I mean, that I mean awesome he loves awesome. <laughs> God like like in a much different way than I. And it's so it's so it's very interesting. But he doesn't he doesn't like hold that like oh you got it so easy here. You know, but he, he he doesn't treat that. But we, he treats me as I'm a brother of his. We're brothers, you know. And 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 and, he, and when he, it, it just it's just you just feel this connection with him. You're like, wow, we are we are we're we're in this together. So like, I'm praying for him constantly. You know, because. I know what he faces, and the neat thing about it is, it was uh, actually when they were looking for Bin Laden, and and I and I and I told him, I, you know, they were offering this big bounty on him. I said, if you ever saw him, I said, would you turn him in? He said, absolutely not. He said, I'd lead him to Christ. I was gonna say you just have to come to Washington to get him. He's probably at the Pentagon or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the beer. But I mean, that's but the, the beer. But, that's his, but that was his attitude, right? right. Which right. me, it would be like, I put a bullet through that dude's, you know, head. You know, right, right. You know, right. You know, I mean, just, I mean, it's because that's how I'm, you know, and and he, yeah, he had no, he has no remorse to to them, right? And it, his ministry is to reach out to them. His his ministry is to is to uh, to reach out to the clerics. So if I convert them, man, I, I got the whole town. Yeah. Mm. Right. Wow. Once again, true Christian love. What did Christ yeah. say? To love your enemy. Yeah. Take care of your enemy. Bless Pray them. Enemies. Pray yeah. for them. <laughs> so yeah. And that's, that's a great point, it, Steve. It, it's easy yeah. to say. It's easy to say, but like your friend, how many of us could live in those situations and, you know, say, you know what, God bless the guys who want to cut my head off. I mean, how many of us could say that? Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, here we're, our attitude is quite the opposite. Our attitude is like, kill them. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that's just it, it. But it it just I'm just amazed by that. And and uh, and well, it, so are you saying that we can't go just drop bombs on them and call it a rapture? <laughs> well, if you want to call it that, <laughs> but uh, no, we're getting taboo. <laughs> but but I, it but it's just you know it's it's. It's neat talking to other people in the world 
and how they see their Christianity, and, and they don't, you know. But the neat thing is, they don't hold that against. They don't hold me against because I'm American. Right. They understand. It. I think we have it too easy here, personally. But so easy. We do, and and uh, you know we have our small persecutions that we deal with, you know. But you know. Yeah, that's right. Extremely minor. We're gonna take your show off the off the air. Right. right. <laughs> I remember some years back when uh when my son's uh one of them he kind of upset me some of the things he were doing. So I said, uh, we're gonna do some volunteer down at the uh, homeless shelter, men's homeless shelter. So then I find out that because he was under eighteen, adult had to be there. So therefore I had to go with him. So then I took the other boys also. Point being uh, you compare your circumstances. Other people here pointed out some people I did know down there, or from from back in the day. Um, but also the point of we're down there, and, and this became somewhat of a regular thing, like a weekly thing. Uh, usually Saturdays or Sundays, uh, majority of Sundays, because that was the best time feasibly everybody could get together. And uh, we start out early in the morning, and um, church was down there. Several times you would see different churches helping out. And uh, I just didn't like the idea of you come. This is just my view. I didn't like the idea of you coming in and you're very adamant to take pictures with everybody. And I felt that how do you know these people want you to take pictures with them? Right. To me, that's totally irrelevant for your point of being here. If you're giving and you're sincere in your actions, you shouldn't have to even worry about telling anybody unless there's a point to be made. I agree. I get, well, you know, maybe he was just trying to bring some light <laughs> to it. <laughs> you know, it may not have been anything about himself trying to be great. Right, you right. Know? Yeah, yeah, that's, okay. that's a good point. So that's actually scriptural when Christ pointed out the one or the Pharisee who prayed on the corner so loud so that everyone could hear exactly. him versus the other one who, you know, wasn't that flamboyant. And right. That's very scriptural. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, right. that's actually where um, the, the publican and the Pharisee, mm-hmm. uh, the story you're talking about, the, the big prayers and everything else. God, thank you. I can do this and this and that. Thank you. I'm the Superman of my, of my congregation. Right. Thank you. Right. Thank right. God I'm not like him. <laughs> right. right, right, and in the corner, he's just you know, oh, you know, please, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah, that's yeah. actually where you get the Jesus prayer from. It's yeah. the publican's prayer. So, because don't pray like that guy, just pray like this guy. Yeah. You know, just just that's it. Just do that. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, humble. It's good stuff. Exactly. So, I, so to circle back around, uh, so out of the Council of Nicaea, you get the Nicene Creed. And uh, in the Nicene Creed, believe it or not, I actually, you can't see it if you're listening to this, but I actually have a chart up right now showing how every line of the Nicene Creed is based solidly in Scripture. And there's a breakdown of what they did and what Scriptures they used to create the whole Nicene Creed. And I know there's some areas that are disputed. Uh, For example, let's say, well, how come it gets down to uh, talking about uh, the baptism and the the remission of sins. That what's that all about? Well, that is just a broad term they put in there. It, they don't actually believe that all your sins are thrown out. 
when that, that, the reason why that line is in there is because you're trying to live the Christian life and walk away from your sins. So it's not like, oh, if I get baptized, all my sins are thrown out. That's, it actually has to do more about living your life and how you're walking away from those sins and trying not to, to participate in those sins. So, But if you go through and actually break it down, every line of the Nicene Creed is based solidly in Scripture to make sure you know what you believe. And that is why churches around the world to this day still say this every single Sunday. If you go to the Orthodox Church on every uh, service, Nicene Creed is well, is is read by everybody. And that's to reinforce that you know what you know what you know. Hmm. So and, and 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 they do teach you about what it's supposed to mean, where everything comes from, what it's derived from. So that way when you go to say it later, you know what you're talking about. And to this day, when you talk to, I talk to a, a lot of, now I'm not talking about backslidden people here. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. It was accidental, I swear. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about people who are you know, no longer participating in church. But if you actually talk to people who are Orthodox or Catholic, they know what they believe. I actually was at work, and, uh, and uh, the warehouse guy and I were you know, talking back and forth about religion and everything else. And the uh, the maintenance supervisor walks out, and we start talking. And man, that guy knows his faith. He really does. He was able to cite different areas of his faith, how they occurred, where they happened in history. And he's not anything in his church. He's not an elder. He's nothing. But because of what's reinforced, he knows why they believe it, where they believed it, how they believed it, just because of the way he's taught. He's taught to know what he believes. Same thing with the Orthodox people I know. I, uh, I talked to my friend last week. They know what they know because they're taught what they know, how it happened, when it occurred. That's not a bad thing. People say, well, it's indoctrination. Well, would you say about science? <laughs> would you say that because you explained the scientific method to me, then now you're indoctrinating me, or are you explaining things to me? Are you telling me how things happen, how things occur? If I'm in a history class and you tell me about the Civil War, are you indoctrinating me, or are you teaching me history? So, Very good point. It comes down to, is it indoctrination, or are you just simply explaining how things are derived? And that's just two examples of people who know what they believe because they were taught the right way of what they believe and how they believe it. Now, can you be indoctrinated with bad theology, though? Absolutely. Look at Arius. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. Hold on. There's also you and I. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I always felt indoctrination was pushing your view. You, know, right. you, you can have the information, but you put a personal twist to it. So then it doesn't fall in the middle. It falls on a on a one side or the other. It's kind of biased toward the pre, the, the person that's presenting it. I would agree with that. Uh, I, I would say I would say indoctrination is teaching somebody something and repudiating everything else. Yeah, I mean, good, yeah, very good point. Yeah. So whereas if you know what you believe, why is there any reason to fight about it? It's it's okay. Exactly. 
uh, I have Muslim students where I, I teach martial arts. And we spend hours and hours talking back and forth about each other's faith, why we believe what we believe. You know, it, it's, it's fascinating stuff that gets brought up. Some things are very, very similar, and some things are different. But uh, you'd be surprised at just how down to earth a lot of that is. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely right. Yeah. We're actually going to do a future episode where we actually bring in one of my Muslim students so he can actually explain why they believe what they believe. So that'll be in a future episode. But yeah, I already told him about it. And he's all down for it. So, okay. so that'll be a future episode that we go into. And I'm sure there'll be just as much controversy. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're going to get excommunicated. <laughs> well, I mean, indoctrination has a negative stigma to it, but not necessarily yeah, is it bad. I mean, to me, I would say, I mean, you listen to the word, it's doctrine, so it's based on something. And uh, t- I think you can indoctrinate someone into Christianity because they're becoming part of something. So you are teaching them Christianity. In the process, you're indoctrinating them. So I don't think we should be afraid to be labeled. You know, if someone says, oh, you're letting him indoctrinate you, well, I, yeah. Because <laughs> it's true. He's showing me the history. He's teaching me. And I happen to be coming part of Christianity, you know, I'm labeling myself a Christian. So I think, I think becoming part of a group is indoctrination, in my opinion. I mm. can't base that on a dictionary definition or not. But no, that's a good point. You're right. It has taken on a negative connotation these days. Yeah. 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 I, Unfairly. Yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, it, once again, yeah, it makes sense. It, it actually makes a lot of sense. What's I've indoctrinated you. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Once again, if I'm going to be a scientist, you have to explain the processes to me, right? The histories, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, I agree. Thank you for the indoctrination. <laughs> Join us for the rest of the conversation in part two. <laughs>